0: it does show how a series of what appear to be random events can all join up to create a very, very complex situation. And these are the types of situations that people face in work and life every day. I am only one small, insignificant human who had a bad afternoon. But when it comes to the complexity that faces society, our economy, there is a lot of value in learning from other people's perspectives. Welcome to the Thriving in Complexity podcast. I'm your host, Suzanne Lubetilia, and I'd love for you to join me as I peek behind the scenes of complex situations and workplaces and interview leaders and experts who will challenge your thinking, inform and inspire your leadership so you and your team can thrive in the volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous world we live in. Hello, everyone. On today's podcast, I thought we might try something a little bit different. We talk a lot about complexity, but so far we haven't spoken about what complexity is. To me, in simple terms, complexity is what emerges from the interactions between different parts of a system or interactions between systems. What emerges, um, you would expect it to be nonlinear and random. And in complex systems, it may never be possible to explain exactly why something happened, and it's impossible to predict what is going to happen. Because we learn through stories... I thought I would share with you something that happened to me recently. And I also think that the universe has a sense of humour because this happened after I had launched the Thriving in Complexity podcast. And quite frankly, little did I know what the universe had in store for me. I had been working in Melbourne during the week and had arranged to go and stay on Phillip Island for the Australian Moto GP with a group of friends and family. Had a lovely weekend. I decided to drive back to Melbourne on the Sunday afternoon, knowing that I had quite a lot of work that I needed to do to deliver some work for a client on the Monday and the Tuesday. So I thought, I'll leave myself plenty of time. So I left Cows on Victoria's Phillip Island at one o'clock on that Sunday afternoon and I expected to be in the apartment that I'd booked in Melbourne, completing all of that urgent work by about 3.30 that afternoon. So I was driving back, I heard on the radio an announcement about some really significant accidents that had happened on the Manash Freeway and that it was closed and advising people to hop off the freeway. Now, not being from Victoria and not being familiar with all of the different places that I was driving, I had no idea I was heading straight for the Monash Freeway. What I learned is that a lot of drivers in Victoria do not follow the road signs when there is a traffic incident. So I was very compliant I saw on the overhead pass, there were green ticks and red crosses. And what I understood that meant is that when there was a red cross, you weren't supposed to drive in that lane anymore. And the whole idea was that everyone was supposed to move over to the left so that the traffic could keep flowing and they could direct everybody off through a particular exit. So as I said, I was pretty compliant. I moved over and stayed in the lanes with the green ticks but a lot of people didn't. And the impact of those people's decisions not to follow the rules that had been set down locally was that I spent an hour and a half stuck on the Monash Freeway until I could find an exit. However, the local traffic coordinators didn't expect that someone like me would be using a satellite navigation system. And the satellite navigation system kept trying to direct me back onto the Monash Freeway, which was closed. So I had to do a bit of experimenting, um, following traffic that I thought might've been heading in the right direction and basically confuse the sat nav to the point where it eventually told me how to get back onto the right road so that I could get into the city. So I had set the sat-nav to take me to a petrol station, which was nearby where I needed to drop the car off. And is actually where the fellow at the car hire place had told me I could go to fill up my car. I arrived where the sat-nav said the petrol station was. It was a construction site. Well, you know, there wasn't a lot that I could do about that. So I set the sat-nav to find another petrol station and drove 20 minutes to go off and refuel the car. I finally arrived back in the street where the car needed to be returned. When I drove down into the car park, which was shared with the Aldi supermarket, I discovered that the security grills were down and that it looked like the car company was closed. So I parked the car, walked up onto the street, read the door and discovered that it had new temporary closing hours. However, when I had picked up the car, no one told me that. So they knew that the time that my car was due to be returned was just before their closing time. However, they didn't tell me. So I rang the phone number on the door. And after a very confusing conversation with someone on the other end of the phone, I discovered that I needed to go get back in the car and drive out to the Melbourne airport. So I actually had to pay to get the car out of the car park because I hadn't spent my $30 at Aldi and I drove another 40, 45 minutes out to Melbourne airport so I could return the car. By this time, it was seven o'clock at night. It had been a pretty frustrating afternoon, but I was looking forward to finally getting into the apartment and being able to start all of that work that I desperately needed to do the Uber dropped me off at the apartment building. And during the course of the day, I'd received multiple emails from the booking site, providing me with information on where to find the lockbox, what the access code was, and how to get into the apartment building. So that this is going to be a piece of cake. I found the lockbox, I put in the access code, I opened the lockbox, and guess what? It was empty. By this time, I was a bit teary. I just couldn't believe how all of these series of events had managed to come together to create this situation. My phone was nearly flat. I was trying to call the lady who was the contact for the booking. I was texting her, but there was no response. So my husband was back on Phillip Island with family and friends. They were out for dinner. And I gave him a call because I just really needed to talk to someone at that time. And so he came out. We had a bit of a chat. I talked about what I would do if I couldn't get hold of this lady. And he went back in. Now, it was only a couple of weeks afterwards that I found out that me calling him and him leaving the restaurant to go outside to have a quick chat to me meant that they took his dinner away. And so he missed having his dinner that night, all because of the series of events that were happening to me a couple of hours away. But anyway, back to my story. I still could not get hold of the lady who was the contact for the apartment. So I looked at the hotel across the road, went across there, got a quote for what it would cost to stay there for the night. I had already paid for the other apartment though, the lady took pity on me. She was lovely. And she let me go sit in the hotel foyer, plug my phone in and wait. I finally heard from the lady who, um, it's whose apartment it was. And she explained that she had asked the booking site to contact me to let me know that there had been flood damage in the apartment and it was no longer available for my booking. Unfortunately, something had gone wrong. And they didn't let me know that. And that's why I was now finding myself in the foyer of another hotel with nowhere to stay. So I ended up staying in that hotel. And at eight o'clock that night, I finally booked in and I was able to order some room service and start doing the work that I desperately needed to do. So my unexpected seven hour trip shows how complexity is, can emerge from the interactions between different, often unrelated systems. And it felt like the universe was saying, you want to talk about thriving in complexity? I'll show you what complexity is. Now, I know that this was just, in the scheme of things, a bit of a frustrating afternoon. However, it does show how a series of what appear to be random events Can all join up to create a very, very complex situation. And these are the types of situations that people face in work and life every day. I am only one small, insignificant human who had a bad afternoon. But when it comes to the complexity that faces society, our economy, There is a lot of value in learning from other people's perspectives. Now, there are purists who focus on complexity theory, and there are practitioners who've picked up those theories and applied it in practice. And what I would like to do with this podcast is bring you a mix of perspectives so that you can work out what works best for you. For your particular complex situation, but also hopefully to inspire you as well and to help you think differently and look out for possibility. If you know of someone that would be a wonderful guest on the podcast, please reach out to me via email or on LinkedIn. I'd love to hear from you. And I hope you had a bit of a chuckle at my misfortune. Thanks for listening. If you had something you want to revisit or explore in more detail, you can check out the show notes. If you enjoyed this episode and you like helping others to open their thinking, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. As always, a big thank you to Leon Fitton and the team at the Podcast Concierge. That's all for this episode. I'll see you next time.